0: Good morning everyone. I hope you are enjoying the morning and a new location for, for the time being. Um, I just encourage you to make the most of the change, even if the change sometimes can be confusing and um, yeah, can uh, unsettle us because things are not the way we used them to be. So this morning things will not be the way we used to be um, and if you wonder why do I have a, a toy with me, I'll explain in a moment. But first of all, um, uh, the title for for this morning is, it's, Are You In? And and with with Richard, uh, we decided to go through the Gospel of Mark, starting from Chapter 9 and onwards to uh, the end of the uh, Book of Mark, and and obviously get there on Chapter 16 on on Easter uh, Sunday. Well, in the meantime, we are on a journey, as uh, all of us as Christians are, And I'm going to ask you a question, just to uh, pick on how much you're watching TV nowadays, Mm -hmm. or in the past. Can you tell me what is the most repeated question that Simon Cowell asks in British Got Talent? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was one of them, but there is another one that he repeats more often. Almost every single contestant. Sorry, yeah, why are you here? Close. Yeah, that's what another one. Well, he asks a question, he always asks a, qu- a question. What is the dream? Have you heard him asking that question? Every single person that comes up on the stage, he asks, what is the dream? What are you here for? And I've heard answers quite strange. Some of them say something like, oh, I want to become a top singer. I want to be part of a band that will take uh, um, over UK and America, why not? Some people are more realistic <coughs> and with their feet on the ground and say, well, my aim today or my dream today was to see you, Simon. Um, and that's, that's quite a good, good um, dream. Now, we've got a story of a young man who comes to Jesus. And if we ask him, what is the dream for you? He will say, well, I'm leaving the dream. We're told that he's a young man. We can presume that Jesus was about 30 years old when he talks to this young, young man. 30 or 31 years old. If this was a young man, that means he was younger than Jesus. So we can place him somewhere around, I don't know, late, I don't know, 18 years old, 20 years old. And he had everything that someone could imagine. He had social status, he had fame, he had money. Uh, he had even religious status and he comes to jesus he does he does the right thing he goes and he bows before jesus he, he actually kneels before jesus and he asks jesus what can i do or must i do to inherit the eternal life and and he, i can only presume that in his long list of to-do things this was the next one that he needed to take I want you to see this famous teacher just to get approval from Him. So He goes and He says, what must I do? And then uh, something strange happened here. Jesus brings him to the right heart of the problem. He thinks that if He ticks a lot of boxes, He does a lot of religious things, He's got a lot of money. He does very well in His education and He's well seen in society. He is well. He's just qualified for heaven. No, he's rather qualified for the Sanhedrin, but not for heaven. Um, so Jesus brings him to the right place. Um, and although he leaves the dream, Jesus wants him to understand that he is not really in that place. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit the eternal life? And Jesus brings him to the point where, why are you calling me good? Well, he called him good because he thought that he is good, and then it's better to address a person who you see higher than you in a way that you know give you um, I don't know upfront with them. So Jesus uh, brings him to the point where he says, "Well, you know that only person, the only person that is good, is God." And one of the principles that I like us to remember today—not that we don't know it—is that God is good. We live in a society. That tells us that God doesn't exist. And even if he existed, he is not good. Because how could a good God allow the things that are happening around us to happen? But we as Christians, we need to remember that our God is a good God. Every morning, his goodness is renewed to us. Every single morning, the sun rises in the east and sets to the west. And that is because he is good, not because we've done anything for that to happen. Every single spring there is rain coming down on heavens, from the heavens to, to the earth and the crops are growing in the fields so we can have food. And that is not that we've done a good job in farming because he is allowing that to happen. And do you want me to carry on with the examples? Oh, there are thousands and thousands. The God that we serve is a good God. And not only because of that, because he sent Jesus. This man thinks that he is good. And Jesus brings him to the reality, well, let's see where we really are. Are we really good? Well, the second principle that I want you to remember this morning is that we are not good. We are not good. The world looks at the people nowadays and they say, oh, I can see there is something good in you. Oh, I can see. Oh, definitely there is something good in you. And the Bible says this, there's nothing good in us. The best of our good things are wicked things. And the best of our um, acts are compared in the Bible with clothes drenched in blood. That is the Bible, is not me. And we're not good. We are really, really bad. Wretched hearts we have. And that is coming from inside. And God is good. And that good God comes to us and came to this young man in the person of Jesus. Why do you call me good? Maybe we want to remember the fact that only God is good. And we are not. And we need to come back to that truth. In that place, Jesus looks at him. And the Bible here in verse... um, 21 says Jesus looked at him and loved him Even if we are bad this morning the songs and the readings and the prayers were a lot around the love of God Sometimes we feel so bad about the way we are that we are in this dark gloom And we think there is no way out and think no one loves us not even God But the reality is Jesus looks at this young man kneeling there in front of him A man who has everything and he thinks he's got everything in place, he's got everything together, and he loves him. When Jesus loves someone, he does something for for that person. Jesus tells him, look, there is one thing missing. You've got too much wealth. Sell it and give it to the poor and come and follow me. Reality is we cannot meet Jesus without encountering him and his teaching. When Jesus comes and meets us in the place where we are, and Jesus does, you know, either, either we are in the streets doing drugs, or uh, if we are, I don't know, in a, in a, in a pub, drunk, or, or we are at home, locked up in a room, we don't want to talk to anyone, or we are indulging ourselves in food and things, and we think, this is it. You know, I've got it all together. There, Jesus comes and meets us, and he says, well, this is not it. This is not it. You've got one thing that you need, to, you need to sell. And that thing is the thing that defines you. If your bank account defines who you are, that means you have to empty that bank account in someone else's bank account. If your education defines who you are, that means you have to come down from that high place um, and come and do some dirty work. If you think that... The, your position in the church or in an organization is the one that defines your, your, your life. That means you have to come down, sell it off. Sell it off because this is not what Jesus wants for you. He, sa- he tells this man, there is one thing that you need to do. Sell it off and follow, follow me. And I think Jesus tells us clear in Matthew 6 verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. This man had loads of possibilities. He had loads of opportunities. He was gifted. He was um, a young man. He had a whole life in front of him. And Jesus says to him, you've got to do something, one thing. Sell and follow me. And at this, we are told here in the Gospel of Mark that his face fell And he walked away, because he had great wealth. Now when we meet Jesus, we've got two choices. One, we listen to what he says, and second, we walk away. And then unfortunately for this young man, he's walked away. There was though, another young man, who been in the same position, very good family, coming from a tribe of Judah, very good education. He was trained in the best academy of Jerusalem. He was in a very good position in society. He would have Roman citizenship. He had everything who could someone any any box you could pick on the list. He had it all. And when he met Jesus on that road to Damascus, he left it all. Who then can be saved the disciples ask? Jesus Reintroduces introduces this ridiculous image of a camel going through the knee, knee, the ear of the needle. And if you don't believe me, I bought the needles here. So I, if, you, if, you, if you were in any doubt that the camel cannot go through the uh, ears of a, of a needle, I can demonstrate that that's not possible. By the way, this is a giraffe, so <laughs> it's the closest I could get. We haven't got the camel, but maybe we're going to get one. So if someone ever doubted that the camel can go through the needle through the years of the of the needle, that's impossible. But you know what? That is impossible to us because I cannot I cannot this I cannot fit this. But God can do the ridiculous thing. They, God can fit a camel. God can fit me, a sinner, unfit from heaven for heaven, unfit for eternity. He can make me fit for that very place through Jesus. Amen. You see, we cannot come to God without being challenged to the things that we really keep as important to us. Remember, a little while ago, I was looking at this passage in the Gospel of of John, um, and and then um, uh, Jesus talks about the Good Shepherd there. And there is an amazing thing that he talks about other people who come into the sheepfold and some of them they're called thieves and robbers who jump over the fence do you remember the cross one of them there hanging with Jesus was allowed into the kingdom he was the first one to walk into the kingdom Therefore, I thought haven't, I've haven't never thought about that those who jump over the fence who come and kill and rob even them even for them there is a place. In heaven, Jesus opened the gate. There is a reward, though. You see, you have not done anything for Jesus. You have not given up your job, your social status, your money, your time, everything you can uh, count there. You have not given up without receiving a reward. And Jesus is clear about that. Peter comes to him, he saw this young man and after they debated debated who can be saved and it was clear that only God can save. And uh, Peter says to Jesus, We have left everything to follow you. And then Jesus reminds him, I'll tell you the truth, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brother or sisters or mother or father or children or fields me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in together with persecutions and in age in the age to come eternal life you see sometimes we feel less than everyone else we look at those uh, around us and we think oh uh, I can never reach that, you know, I'm working hard, I'm doing all that. And then maybe the, the, the church, the, um, uh, the, the reading the scriptures, the fellowship, the home groups, everything takes too much of my time. I could use this time to do something else, to earn more money, to be better at my job. But God says, I tell you that none of us, none of you who've given up those things will not receive a hundred times. Not once, not twice, not three times. 100 times and with them you've got the bonus Persecutions for Jesus and then eternal life. I know you don't we don't like the word persecutions But Jesus has put it here because we have to realize that if they treated him the way they treated him They will not treat us better So if you are a Christian and if you are suffering for the Lord be happy Be joyful if you are mocked for the Lord Praise the Lord. If people treat you bad at work because you are a Christian, praise the Lord. You are in the fold with all those who have considered this more important than anything the world can offer. I'm going to close. You'll be happy to know. I'm going to take you to another TV show. I'm going to ask you another question. And the TV show is Dragon's Den. Ah, I can hear some people have seen that. Well, in dragons, then, people come and present their business ideas. Some of them are about to start, some of them have started, and they just need that extra cash to boost their sales or whatever they want to do. So, the dragons listen to the business proposition, they listen to, to the people, they look at the figures, they talk to each other, and there is the crunch time, and there is a question what is the question sorry yeah it could be yeah it's 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 close the question is are you in are you in and I'm gonna challenge you this morning I'm gonna ask you are you in to continue to be, to do business with God are you in even when we have to do changes, to do things that are unusual for us, to come change the things that come out of our normal pattern, are we really in? It might be that God will ask us to do things that we don't like. And it's more likely that God will ask us to do things that we don't like. If we are in, then I'll encourage you this morning to think about a few things think about think about the priorities for your personal life think about what is on on that first step what is the most important for you as an individual then think about what is the most important for your family then think about what is the most important for your home group how about us as a church what is the most important thing for us as, as a church god might put us in a place where we have to change some bits and bobs here and there. Secondly, the challenge is for those of us who are here this morning and never got into the business with God. Uh, For different reasons, I'm not going to go and I'm not going to ask why the reasons are, but I'm just going to challenge those of us who are here who never got into business with God. Are you in? This is God's plan. He said, I'm really ready to invest everything with you. I'm putting everything I've got on the table. I've done it already at the cross through Jesus. Are you in? The disciples left everything and gained everything. Where would we be? The choice is, we can go out of that door this morning, and go the same as we came this morning. Or, we can let God change us. If you want to talk about this, talk to one of the elders at the end of the service. By the way, they don't know that I'm gonna ask you to do that. Or with those in the prayer team. Don't let opportunity that comes from God slip away. He might never come back. Amen.